If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Horticulture Week podcast. I'm Rachel Forsyth, senior reporter at Hort Week, and this week I'm joined by garden designer Camelia Taylor. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm Hi. really excited to have you. Thank you very much for having me here. No, it's really interesting. I'm really excited to kind of pick your brain today because I know you're a bit, you've got a background in psychology. So I'm kind of interested to see how that plays into, you know, designing gardens. And obviously you have your Chelsea garden coming up with Aspens. So we're going to kind of delve into that and and what they do and how it's influenced the the garden design but first and foremost shall we start with that psychology background so my um my background was in psychology I studied psychology and I was working with young people on the autism spectrum and um women that had experienced domestic violence and I was completing a master's at UCL um, on speech and language therapy at the time and I ended up um, falling pregnant with my wonderful first daughter and so I took a career break and then I had my second daughter and I just looked at things in a different way and I love psychology I love everything about the way that our mental health can com- connect to nature and I have that sh- strong belief in nature and our well-being and so when I was thinking about what I was going to do and whether I was going to continue in psychology or retrain and do something different Mm. that was the route that I was thinking about and so I went to Hadlow College and I did the RHS level two course and then from there I I just found this passion for for plants and and I knew that I could connect my background with plants. Absolutely. So I went to London College of Garden Design and I um, did a design course there and set up my own studio in Kent and haven't looked back and just love designing gardens for for 
for people, for families, but also sensory gardens. And I'm always trying to keep linking back to my background in psychology. So I've recently I've done an eco-sensory course oh, cool. just to keep, just to make sure that I'm, I'm not, I don't have psychology as my past and garden design as my present. I want to connect them both because I really do believe in that power of nature and our well-being. Yeah, absolutely. I already have a thousand and one more questions for you. When you're designing those gardens, even if it's for a family or you're not necessarily going in there to create that sensory garden, do you find that, that back, those background influences and psychology still play into how you design the gardens for those people? Yeah, absolutely. So and first of all, with clients, everybody's so different. And actually having that background, I look at the personalities, I look at the relationships, so the family relationships, and try and make sure that it's a garden that works for everybody and consider, considers everybody in the family. Mm. And so I do look to to actually to the people first. Um, I had a client recently who we were having this lovely conversation and she just said, oh, I'd like a garden that takes me on a journey. Yeah. And so I just unpicked that and unpicked that with her and we looked into the psychology, well, I looked into the psychology of what a journey would mean and the textures and the feelings that you would have. And so although with psychology, I do bring it into sensory gardens, I think it can come into every garden really just in different ways absolutely and you you mentioned the eco-sensory course that you've just done talk us through that what what did that kind of involve so it was an online course that um that I've done and I read a lot about the power of nature and how it's good for us how it makes us feel good both physiologically and psychologically Mm. and so it was really important for me to make sure that I was still on top of that research and this was a course that uh, was aimed at therapists yeah. and um, I just I, I, I loved it because it was everything that I'm doing and everything that I believe but it was the scientific basis behind them and um, yeah just made sure that I continued down that path that um, of nature and that connection. it's so interesting isn't it how you can design gardens for people with with so many different needs um really like we always bang the drum in this industry about how beneficial nature is but it's great to kind of hear that scientific backing I suppose isn't it yeah I think because it's so it's only really since the late 90s and the early 2000s that actually the science is really catching up but it's really catching up on something we've always known like it's for years we've known how good nature is it's Wordsworth wrote about it Beethoven it's not it's not new it's just Mm. now the science is really there and there's a there's a lot being done and it's just it's a really fascinating um subject and and one that I I love and I'm drawn to yeah definitely what would you say are some of the your favorite projects that you've worked on over the years so um and this is definitely my project that I'm doing with Aspens at the moment. Um, uh, yeah. It's one of my favourites because um, we just have such a lovely connection. Um, but the gardens with families, I had a garden that I worked on with a family and there are five members of the family and they all wanted something completely different. Okay. And so it was, 
trying to look at them all having different needs, all wanting something different, but also making it a garden where they could all come together. Mm. And so gardens, I love gardens like that because you're trying to make sure that you you give everybody what they want, but you also make it a space for connections. Yeah, absolutely. So what were those different needs that the family had that you kind of had to bring together? So you had the parents that wanted to have an area for themselves. Um, The husband was very sporty and so he wanted an area that he could take himself off to. You had children and the children were all young. And actually something that I really considered was how children are only that age for that moment in time and how they're going to grow. So although you had little ones that wanted fairy dens and um, and little furniture to be able to sit on. It was thinking about these spaces for these three different children, these three different personalities, but also thinking about how they were then going to grow and how the things that went into that garden would need to grow with them. So things mm-hmm. like we had this log that was going to become a balance beam and actually the children are older now and so they do use it as a balance beam and so it was creating these spaces that they all had their own pockets but actually thinking about how they would change and evolve over time as well so uh, planks that became that that could become benches that could become uh, balance beams and uh, Mm. that was something that was I was quite mindful of. I like to use uh, natural materials mm. in the garden. So lots of reclaimed wood and things like that. Things that will also break down over time. Yeah, yeah. And is there a planting palette that you kind of like to work with or is, is it really variable? I do like the cool colours. I like the calming colour palettes. Mm. Um, so I tend... I tend to plant with the cool, calming colours and then have fun making mm. stimulation in different ways. Um, I'm drawn definitely more to the calmer, the calmer, cooler colours. Yeah, and I've read a little bit about um, your Chelsea garden and I, I know that that's a part of, of that garden. Um, so why don't you talk to us first about um, how you kind of came to be designing this garden for Aspens and, and a little bit about Aspens um, itself as well. So Aspens is this wonderful charity based in Pembury in Kent and they are residential living for people on the autism spectrum and with learning disabilities. They also have a day service use so people can come in um, and use the service during the day. It's a lovely space. They have an area for pottery, for art, they have an on-site cafe and they're open to the public. And so I've known Aspens since my children were young. Okay. I used to take them in the, in the uh, pram to the woods there because they have a lovely bluebell trail. Oh, beautiful. And so we'd go there and they have animals on site. So it was a site that I was really familiar with. And then when I was in my last uh, few months of my course on uh, London College of Garden Design, I asked Aspens if I could do my final project there because I really wanted to bring in my background in psychology Mm. into my final project. And I spoke to this lovely lady called Sue and we really hit it off and she was really excited about the idea. And I based my final project there, but 
they asked me to come down and present it and they were really excited about about it and actually afterwards wanted to take elements of the the sensory planting to have there at Aspen's. Amazing. Um, And so over the years, I've just stayed in contact with them. And if they've had um, anything they want to promote on social media, I've uh, done some posts for them. Mm. I've given them ideas on sensory planting. And then a little while ago, it's about a year, over a year ago now, I got a call from Sue and she just said, have you heard of Project Giving Back? And I had, and then we were talking about it and she said, do you want to design a garden for us? And I said, yes. And then we've just been on this incredible so journey together. And it's lovely because we're so connected. Mm. We talk so often and it's it feels like a journey that we've been on together. And I'm really looking forward to us just carrying on this journey and being there together and then bringing the garden back to Aspen's, which yeah. is where it's designed for yeah absolutely and so tell us about the garden what what can we expect to see there so the garden is a sensory garden so it targets seven senses it targets the taste touch uh, balance and it's full of textured soft green uh, planting it has areas targeting each sense and it has this lovely winding path that takes you through the garden to explore it so if you were looking at the garden as a whole it would feel calm it's mainly green because green is a very calming color it's a shorter wavelength so our eyes don't need to adjust when we see it so it makes us feel calm and then there's a few interesting a few other colors in there some soft colors purples So for somebody on the autism spectrum who doesn't like too much stimulation, it would have a very calming Mm. effect on them. But then if you wanted to have some stimulation, you just need to engage with the garden. So, for example, taste, you could taste some of the planting for stimulation. Hearing, you could engage with how how the hearing aspect of the garden works. The stone is yeah. really tactile um, and it's an accessible garden. It was very important to me that it was an inclusive garden and it's an accessible garden that can be explored um, in lots of different ways. Amazing. And is it your first time at Chelsea? It is my first time at Chelsea, yes. So exciting. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how the garden comes together and do you think that Project Giving Back is, is providing quite a good opportunity to charities like um, Aspen's to kind of show their faces at these things and, and kind of promote what they do? I think Project Giving Back is incredible. It's such a great opportunity. It shines a light on charities like Aspen's who otherwise wouldn't wouldn't be here there. Mm. Um, and for designers, it gives designers a chance to to be at this incredible show um, the All About Plants category gives designers that haven't been there before an opportunity to, to go to Chelsea, but Project Giving Back help all across the show. Um, yeah. I think they're, yeah, they're, inc- they're an incredible part of Chelsea. 
Do you think uh, having these gardens supported by Project Giving Back is going to change the sort of gardens that we see at Chelsea? I think so. I mean, especially for the category that I'm in, it's giving mm. people that opportunity to be there. Um, Project Giving Back is it's a great process, and you really they they link the designer and the charity together, and so beautifully. And mm. I, I hope, I think that's reflected across all the gardens. Um, and so I can only talk from the experience I've had with Project Giving Back, but it's been really important about that connection between the designer and the charity. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And how is Chelsea Prep going? Where are you kind of at with everything? Chelsea Prep's going, it's going well. It's exciting. It's nerve wracking. It's everything. Yeah. It's, um, <laughs> So I've got some incredible people involved and I really believe that it's there's so many people that make this garden what it is. We have an incredible contractor, the outdoor room. Oh yeah. Um David and Mark are just brilliant. Fantastic, they are. Yeah. I mean, they know Chelsea and that I'm in very safe hands with them. <laughs> I have two amazing growers. I have Simon at a how green nursery and i have graham at plant base um who again are just so experienced in what they do um and then the stone the stone comes from gallagher's quarry and again they've been incredibly supportive so the garden's going well but there's lots of different elements involved and i'm really looking forward to seeing them all come together yeah it will be so intense but so so exciting yeah. i'm really looking forward to seeing it on the day um this has been so interesting and it's really nice to hear examples of how, you know, nature's really changing people's lives. Um, my very last question that I ask guests is what plant would you take to a desert island? What would be your choice? So my eldest daughter grew an apple tree when she was very small mm. and it's still a very small tree. Um, and I think that I could definitely dig that up and bring it with me to a desert island definitely and it would give me fruit and flowers and remind me of my daughter and so that would definitely be the plant that I would take with me that's a great choice <laughs> great choice well a huge thank you again and best of luck with Chelsea I'll see you on the day thank you so much for finished. having me oh thank you and I'll look forward to seeing you there I'm Rachel Forsyth and this has been the Horticulture Week podcast. Make sure you never miss one. Subscribe or follow Horticulture Week podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts or your preferred podcast platform. If you are interested in producing a podcast with Horticulture Week, email us at hortweek at haymarket.com. Huge, huge thank you again to Camellia and goodbye for now. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.